0: I am not very concerned about my accent, so even though I still make some grammar mistakes, that doesn't stop me from speaking up in English or speaking up in public. It doesn't mean I'm not fearful, but I still do it. You're
1: listening to Stand Out Get Noticed, the show that helps you communicate with confidence so you can stand out from the crowd and get noticed by all the right people. To subscribe to the show, go to thecmethod.com. Hi there, Rockstar, and welcome to episode 88 of Standout Get Noticed. My name is Christina Cantors, communication skills speaker, coach, and the host of this show. Can you believe that we're only 12 episodes away from episode 100? Oh, Yeah. I'm not sure what I'll do for episode 100, but if you have any ideas, I'd love to hear them. You've only got 12 weeks to think of them. Uh, reach out at cc at and let me know. Okay, my guest this week is life and career coach and my friend, Sylvie Hu. Sylvie and I met at a personal development training weekend about a year ago, and I was struck by her quiet confidence and this unexplainable cool factor. And the special thing about Sylvie is she focuses on helping and empowering Asian men and women to live more courageous, liberated, and loving lives. And that's why I wanted to get her on the show. We talk about the impact that traditional Asian culture has on people's confidence and willingness to speak up, express themselves fully, and get the opportunities they deserve. And if you are from an Asian background, you, you probably relate to some of this. Sylvie shares how she went against cultural norms and built up her own confidence and how you can do it too. We also talk about accent and language and what you can do to make yourself more easily understood. And even if you're not Asian, you'll learn about what you can do to communicate more effectively with and help those who do have a strong accent. So it's it's really interesting stuff and stuff that you may not hear discussed. Um, just in general. So definitely worth listening to and, and hearing the perspective, um, of Sylvie, of someone who has come from, from another country, from China and has learnt English as a second language and hearing her experiences and her challenges and, and how she overcame them. So if you're not Asian, you will still get a lot out of this episode. But if, and if you are from an Asian background, then definitely tune in because Sylvie shares a lot of stuff that you will benefit from. Now, if you want to learn more about Sylvie, I will put links to how you can connect with her at thecmethod.com slash Sylvie, that's spelled S-Y-L-V-I-E, thecmethod.com slash Sylvie. Now, before we get to that, a really quick shout out to listener Shuan Wei, who emailed me to say... I would like to thank you for the amazing content, especially on your podcast, binged and stopped at episode 76 to save some for later. That's a lot of episodes listened. I'm very impressed. Uh, Shuan Wei goes on to write, I think the most valuable lesson I've learned from the email lessons and your podcast is to take action. Looking forward to more great content. Thank you, Xuan Wei, for your lovely email. Also know that the Confidence Blueprint book and audio series will be out next week. So if you are looking for more content, you can grab a hold of that next week. And I am, P.S., really excited about that. So December 14, that's when it will be launching. Oh, and tune in next week to find out where you can grab a copy of that. I'll be sharing with you a link to where you can find it. And a second announcement. I had great feedback from last week's episode with my partner, Aaron. We talked all about language and how to use it in a sales context to connect better with others and get more of what you want. Now, make sure you check that out. If you haven't heard it, you can find it at thecmethod.com slash language. And also for those of you who did download it or you tried to listen and it cut off at 10 and a half minutes, there was an error with the file upload. So I re-uploaded it that same day, but just letting you know, if your phone automatically downloaded it, you may need to delete it and re-download that file. So the feed has been updated with the, with the correct upload of the episode. Um, but just if you're thinking, oh, I downloaded it and it's only 10 minutes or something went wrong, the new file is up up there. So make sure you go back and download that file. And I'm really sorry for any confusion that that caused. I don't know how it happened. It's never happened before. Hopefully it won't happen again. Alrighty, moving on to meeting this week's very special guest. Get ready to say hello to Sylvie who.
0: So I lived in, I lived in Australia for almost 12 years. Yeah, I was in IT for, uh, nine years and I moved to coaching in 2015. So, and now I work uh, in education as well as in coaching. And uh, what I do in coaching, um, in several, in several areas, that including um helping uh, uh, asian especially elite asian professionals who are, has identity of being nice and have you know challenges speaking up for themselves and uh, wanting salary increase mm-hmm. and also yeah and and also uh, help um singles elite singles who don't want to settle for less and wanting to get married. Um, my passion also including helping Asian, uh, students. Um, you know, they, um, doing academic well uh, well, but struggling from the job. So yeah, that's, uh, that's my passion as well. And I, lastly, I want to help, um, Asian couples to, to reconnect love um, and uh, intimacies between them. Mm. Uh, yes, <laughs> so I have a lot of passion. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think that's amazing.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So Sylvie, I wanted to get you on the show because I I speak to a lot of um, Asian women specifically who feel like they're, I mean, because English is their second language, so they lack a bit of confidence with speaking english and therefore speaking up for themselves and and just being confident with with speaking to others and and asking for things and putting themselves out there i just want to hear your thoughts on where does that where does that come from that consciousness about um about the accent
0: ah uh, i can and totally related to that. <laughs> uh, I grew up in that culture. It's very understanding, actually. So in Asian cultures, um, oh, I, one thing I would like to point out, the typical Asian cultures is, uh, is that we grew up in the criticism cultures. So then we have been grew up with the identity of under the shadow of another kids. In other words, we always has a lot of Asians have the feelings of not good enough. In the case of, in the context of speaking English, so, uh, in the past, when we speak, well, I well, remember when I was, when I was in back in China's uh, when we spoke English, we, we could get laugh Laughed at in public for for our accent, so that stopped us from speaking English um, more freely and openly.
1: Wait, can I can I just pause you there? So yeah. yeah. So you're saying that when you spoke English in China,
0: in your, China, your so.
1: friends would laugh at you.
0: Our peers, so your peers. our peers, yeah, the peers, the peers. Actually, is the uh, the the only thing is not where what one. Loved actually by the foreign teachers. Mostly, it actually is were were judged. or we were and still some are pretty. Some still are judged and laughed at by the peer, peers. Mm. So, how did this
1: mm,
0: affect? Yeah.
1: How did this affect you personally with your confidence? I
0: um, actually moving from China, moving from moving forwards, and uh, when I've actually worked in Australia for 10, for 10, for almost 10 years, even at a workplace, and there were several occasions. So when I speak, when i spoken up, I, I got uh, feedback from managers. You, I can't hear you very clearly. You don't speak very clearly. That feedback actually make me feel, um, uh, stop, actually, at some con, at some levels, um, stop me from speaking up to some content. But, uh, the turning point for me, uh, is to do with this, uh, the speaking with confidence trainings or NLP trainings. So I met, uh, with my NLP trainer, uh, Rick Schnauer. He actually, instead of giving me feedback that I can't hear you clearly, he actually encouraged me, Suvi, uh, he, I remember clearly he said to me, Suvi, just open up and speak loudly and slowly, then I can hear you clearly. So he gave me a advice, a, a solution, instead of telling me uh, I have a problem in, in speaking English. Yes, yeah. Mm. So I guess that's to do with uh, the, um, how, how your recipients actually re- receive and how, how they actually encourage you to speak up in English. Yeah,
1: mm. Yeah. so for, for anyone listening who um, who might be giving feedback to someone who, for whom English is a second language, that's a really good point that you make there, in, you know, to, to give positive encouragement saying, hey, can you speak a little bit more loudly and a little bit more clearly instead of I can't understand you or I can't hear you?
0: Yes, exactly. So that's what I found quite helpful in helping me speak up is to, to tell me a solution, tell me what should I do instead of tell me this is the problem. So by doing so, by providing a solution of being, by being inspirational, you, I actually myself get more confidence in speaking up. In speaking up, yeah.
1: I've had, I've spoken to a number of Asian women who f- they tell me that they think that their accent is affecting the way they speak. But personally, I think that they sound fine. Like I can actually understand them totally fine, right? But they still think yeah. that it's not okay. How can someone who has this thought Overcome this thought that's holding them back,
0: uh, Christina. For this, I can relate this to I can relate to this as well. This this thought, this negative thought, is uh, most likely to do with the negative experience they had in the past. So when they spoke in English, then they most likely they have been criticized or been given, you know, funny looks or mm, been judged. So that created a negative um, experience for them. So, so to overcome this, uh, for me personally, I am not very concerned about my accent. So even though I still make some grammar mistakes, that doesn't stop me from speaking up in English or speaking up in public. It doesn't mean I am not fearful, but I still do it. I think in short. Be fearful, but just stress yourself a bit. Be okay with being laughed at. And, and still, still talk, still speaking up. Actually, put yourself in that, uh, uncomfortable positions. I remember last time when I did my public speaking as part of the NLP public training and graduations, I was quite scared. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I still managed to pull myself together and delivered the speech. And then that's turned out to be okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then you realize that you can do these things.
0: Yes, yes. That was very fulfilling for me.
1: My mum told me a story about how when she first came to Australia from Malaysia, Mm-mm. she was mm-hmm. about 20 years old and mm-hmm. she wasn't confident with her English. But then she took it upon herself to study even harder and she thought, you know what? I'm behind right now, but I'm going to work so hard that I'm to, to, I'm just going to improve myself as much as I can. So she studied mm. as hard as she could. She worked harder than anyone else and she ended yeah. up graduating top of her class and she had people coming to her asking for help when she had started off with you know, the sort of the the lowest level of English, I suppose, out of of the, you know, Australian students. So you can actually use it as fuel to go, you know what, I'm going to show you and just make it work to your advantage.
0: Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. While while I was in Australia, actually I had a lot of um, um, uh, friends um, who are native English speakers. So I socialize with them a lot. So I guess that helps with improve my with improving my English. Yeah.
1: Did you ask them for feedback?
0: I did. Got a lot of feedback about my English accents. I I got feedback from one of my native uh, English speakers says I sound very much like Australian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Is there anything noticeable about? The way that you speak English that you've actually changed somewhat, maybe the way you pronounce certain words to help you be better understood?
0: Uh, uh, One strategy is that I have been consciously using is to speak slowly. Mm. To speak, uh, yeah, to speak slowly and also to. Um, apart from that, um, similar to your mother, and also I put put some time aside actually to look at look into the strategy and the techniques how to improve uh, oral English, you know, how to sp- improve my uh, speaking speaking in English. Actually, I have a question for you. How do you, do you did you learn your English uh, in Malaysia, or how did you, your some very much like a native speaker mm, mm. Oh, even, I was, your, even your accent yeah
1: oh, I was born I was born in Australia.
0: Oh I see yep. Mm.
1: I wish I spoke Cantonese or Mandarin, but I don't mm. so yes yeah, so I'm very much a native speaker. But even going to the US, I found that mm-hmm. I have to be uh, aware of how I'm pronouncing words so that I can be understood you know, by Americans and I found that I would pronounce my R's a little bit more, I would speak a little bit more clearly because Australians tend to have this habit of, you know, we tend to speak real, like we sort of join all our words together and we don't really pronounce all of our words and all our letters and our R's and all of that and and, and Mm. we can speak quite fast. So as a result of actually, well, as a result of this podcast as well, I, when I'm when I'm editing it and I'm listening back to my voice, I'm thinking, oh, do I really sound like that? And then <laughs> I make adjustments accordingly.
0: <laughs> Actually, on that note, um, even next time we are Asian were marked or even criticized for their accent, they can be, you know, say, this is, um, I'm Asian, I have an exotic Asian accent similar to what you just mentioned because Shilin has very uh, interesting accent as well. It's all rooted in their culture. Uh-huh.
1: So, are you saying that instead of thinking, "Oh, I have this bad accent that no one can understand me," you then you turn it around and make it a positive,
0: make it funny, I guess, make it more fun for yourself to make yourself even feel better. So, because Asian, we have this is this is Asian. Even for similar for Indian accent as well, they don't mind about uh, they don't mind their accent. I think that's quite interesting accent as well. So when, you know, when Asians um, put in a situation where they be probably laughed at by the accent, they can say to myself, I'm an Asian, so I have a very exotic Asian accent. <laughs> because
1: let's face it, your accent's not going away, right?
0: No, so no. So There's, no
1: point, there's y- no point being ashamed of it or disliking it. You may as well make the most of it.
0: Yes, make it your, you know, your brand, <laughs> your identity.
1: If you're speaking to a Western audience, do mm. you acknowledge your your accent or your ethnicity or your culture when you're speaking and and sort of make jokes to not to laugh at yourself, but make jokes to build rapport with your audience?
0: To answer your question, let me use that the public speaking experience mm. I had the last time. Yeah. So, yeah, I was very nervous, actually, but I wasn't showing it last time. So I used, um, I just joke about myself, um, as my opening line to say that, uh, this is, you know, this is the first time I'm doing public speaking. I'm very nervous. I made, um, sons sounds. So basically, to make, to, in short, basically, I made, uh, fun of myself a little bit, just to make myself relax. Mm. I I found that helpful for me, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, So that, I guess, to some extent, creates some reports with the Western audience to, uh, to help them to understand the position I was in, yeah.
1: You know what else that does? It also puts their mind at ease with knowing where you're from because hmm. and i learned this from Judy Carter who's a fantastic speaker and a former stand-up comedian very successful stand-up comedian and she says yeah. that you need to acknowledge you she calls it your defect which is kind of funny she says acknowledge your defect and by defect she means something that's a bit different about you that other people might be thinking where is she from what what is that accent you know where you? you know if there's something a bit unusual about you you need yes. to actually acknowledge that at the start of your speech so that people can be put at ease and go, oh, okay, so she's from, so, okay, she's Chinese or, okay, she's Australian, you know, or he's really tall or whatever. And then yes. and then they can move on and actually listen to all the wonderful things you have to say.
0: Ah, yes. Now you put it in a context. Yes. When prior to my speech, my trainer actually introduced to me uh, to the audience as someone, you know, someone whose English is not their na- native language, but he still have uh, confidence to speak uh, in 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 public, I guess that's uh, yeah, related to what you just said. Yeah.
1: So if English is your second language, if you're listening, whoever if you're listening to this, you can jump up on stage and you might start talking, and you could say, so you might be wondering where my accent is from. Well, it's from, you know, blah blah blah, whatever country, and then you can say something then you can make a joke about it and say, So yes. if I pronounce a word wrong, you know, please let me know because I'm still learning, right? And then everyone yes. has a little bit of a laugh and then they are put at ease because now they know where you're from. And then you're put at ease because you've kind of been given permission to mess up, right? You're like, hey, I might I might mess up just letting you know, and I would love your yes. feedback if I do <laughs> So tell me about the clients that you help with um, like at work and helping them to, to speak up. What's their biggest fear when it comes to speaking up at work and asking for a raise, for example?
0: Oh, in, in that case, I think that's very – it's always actually I, – I would consider it as a social norm uh, in Western cultures Um for that, the lot of uh, Asian professionals, I believe, are undervalued, are underpaid. So uh, we grew up in a culture that we don't ask. So we don't ask for salary increase.
1: Why? Why is that?
0: Because we believe we've been waiting. So we've been waiting for the salary increase. Because you know how. Uh, hardworking Asians are. So they had the impressions my boss know how hardworking I am. So they are be rewarded for my contributions. But I learned the hard way when I was in Australia. I learned that that wasn't the case. So you have really, um, a lot of your contributions probably has been, you know, have been Witnessed but won't be rewarded unless you speak up for yourself.
1: So in China, people traditionally don't ask for raises. Is that correct?
0: Uh, I haven't worked in China for ten years. I'm not sure whether it has been changed. But prior to ten years ago, I think probably still some still the still the case. They 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 don't ask for. Salary increase just out of as um, an out of the character for them.
1: Oh, okay, so why is it considered rude to ask for things?
0: Let me put it into another context. You have actually to have a lot of self worth, self confidence to actually to ask for salary increase in in Asian cultures, and also we have been told to be modest, to be humble. So then, by you know, under influence of that cultures, uh, we don't actually value ourselves that much. In other words, our self worth are not uh, not very high. So it doesn't reflect reality. Yeah, yeah. But
1: I know it's I know it's also against traditional Asian culture to question authority. And, yes, to, and yes, to, to, to yeah. art and say, no, I don't think this is right. You know, I deserve this. You're wrong. Essentially, that's what you're saying. You're saying you're wrong. And it's very yeah, yeah. against Asian culture, isn't it?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. You're spot on that, on that. So yes, that's another key, key aspect of Asian cultures, which is you, know, you have to obey the authorities to be a good, uh, be a good student, be a good kids, a good employee.
1: It's kind of the opposite here in Australian culture and in American culture. It's like a lot of people like, I'm not listening to you. What do you mean? You're telling me what to do? Hell no. I'm, (laughs) you know, I'm, and, and in a lot of cases, like you look at our politicians and how we make fun of them and we laugh at them and, you know, all our leaders, we just take the piss out of them. And it's, it's a completely different culture.
0: So, yes, exactly. yes. so how,
1: so if you, um, let's say you're from an Asian culture and you move to Australia or you move to America or a Western culture where it's completely different, yet it's so ingrained in you mm. that you need to respect authority and not speak up and not challenge them. What can you start to do? Cause I know it's so hard to overcome this when it's so ingrained in, in you. What can you start to do to then overcome this?
0: Uh, I guess I didn't have this. I don't have this problem. I always love challenge, love to challenge authorities. (laughs)
1: Oh, that's great.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, even at the workplace, I I challenged my managers as well. That put me into very difficult position, uh, at my last workplace. That's one of the reasons I left that workplace. Um, but, uh, but for others who have problem by challenging authorities, you can start small. So you don't, you can start by saying no to, to someone you're close to first. So you, you're most comfortable with. For example, your parents. So if you have been always adept to saying yes or not, say no to your parents, just, just take one small step and say no once. Just say no once. That gives you Confidence to you know to be certain to set a little bit boundary for yourself. Let me give you one example. If your parents you know always or even uh, always come to food, if your parents you know always want to, they always want to give you want to you to eat healthy, and some problem not to your taste. That's very minor things. You, in the past, probably you have been always say, you know, just take on what your parents have been gave you and just say no once. <laughs> That's all it takes to say no just stand up for yourself just once. That will put you a little bit comfortable to, to, to stand up for yourself more, more, much more comfortable, uh, Positions, yeah. Mm, that's great. Then advice. you can, yeah, yeah. Then you can extend to your workplace, to your relationship, uh, and beyond. Yeah, yeah. Love
1: it. Well, thank you so much, Sylvie, for joining me on the show. It was so great to get gain your perspective. If people want to find out more about you and your coaching, where can they go?
0: Oh, um, for those people who are interested in my coaching, please go to check out on my website. Uh, www.suvihu.com, which is www.sylviehu.com. So that's my website. Or if you use WeChat, you can add me on WeChat, which is T-H-E-Suvihu.
1: Thanks so much, Sylvie.
0: Thank you, Christina. We'll speak to you next time. Mm.
1: thanks to Sylvie who for being such a wonderful and generous guest on the show this week. I learned a lot from her and I hope that you did too. You can find out more about her coaching at Sylviehoo.com. That's S-Y-L-V-I-E who spelled H-U sylviewho.com or simply visit the show notes at thecmethod.com slash sylvie. Alrighty, and that just about wraps up this week's episode. Remember to tune in next week. I will be sharing with you where you can pick up your copy of The Confidence Blueprint, my very first book, and it'll also be coming with an audio series as well. So if you prefer to listen rather than read, the content will be available for you in audio format too. I'm excited. And that's all from me this week. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Keep on being awesome, yeah? And I will talk to you next week. My name's Christina Cantors, and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed. I know it's been a while since I've played a song for you on the ukulele, but seeing as it is now December and we are into the silly season, I thought, why not do a little Christmas song for you? Alrighty, here we go. I'm, I'm dreaming.